I had enough people in my arena that I knew what I had to do in regards to the pain. I'm, I'm involved in a lot of things, you know, on a daily basis in regards to, you know, the progress of my recovery because I'm, 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 a, I'm a courageous survivor of sexual abuse and rape. Don't Hide the Scars, a weekly podcast focused on addiction and recovery. Created by the nonprofit Pain, parents and addicts in need, and founded by Flint Anderson. Welcoming to the Don't Hide the Scars podcast, Ling Martinez. Thank you for joining founder of Pain, Flint Anderson, and myself, Jason Lachance. We really appreciate your time. You bet, Ling. Oh, man, it's, it's an honor to be here. And I mean, uh, Pain, I mean, we, we all know about Pain. Yes, we do. Oh boy, all a little too well, but you know, it's 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 interesting. You you point out that word. I was having a conversation on a a recovery meeting, and I said, you know, the difference between the hero and villain, right? And people, right? Well, what? And I went, well, it's what they did with their pain, and uh-huh. you know, so many of us are are yeah. doing something with it, and you've definitely had your spill of it, and um. You know, thank you for your time, but I really want to dig into, you know, your experience. You've had so many articles you've been a part of and speaking about really what it's like to be an addict and homeless. And, and the average person doesn't even understand addiction, let alone both of those. Right. You know, the, of course, the addiction as far as as far as what level it goes to, you know, going to the homeless, you know, being in the homeless arena and, and the life that I live. But then again, I, I live that and, and it's actually by choice. And once you start living in that. In that type of situation, it becomes advantageous to where you're, you're comfortable in it. And I, I call it um, living like in a diarrhea, living in a diarrhea sauna. You mm-hmm. know, you get comfortable. You get comfortable in it and you get comfortable in, in the pain. It's something that you're used to because of a cause and effect of maybe something that happened to you that made this happen. You know, and, you know, when I when I talk about it, I, 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 I try to make the illustration because Living life like that is life terms. It's like living, it's living in shit. And I, I apologize for the language, but somebody told me once, and I said, you know, sitting in that sauna of diarrhea, living that life the way that I was for so many years, whether it was prison or homelessness, or, or just being with me caught up in what was going on in my head, I, I realized that once I made a commitment to surrender, and, and I believe in God, that all I had to do was look to the right and there were some steps that led me out of that sauna. But I, I had to stand up and I had to take those steps. And the recovery part is wiping all that stuff off of you. Mm-hmm. It's, 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 it's a daily thing. Mm-hmm. So, so Lang, was it, uh, was it, was it getting clean first before, uh, before you got out of your homeless situation? Well, you know, I was homeless uh, here in Ventura County. And then I ended up homeless in uh, L.A. down on Vernon and Western. And um, Vernon and Western, uh, the situation is pretty bad. You know, right there you have the gangs right there. You have what they call it, you know, the Cribs, uh, you know, the rolling 60s. And, and, and right there people die. You know, there was a place there called Master Burgers. And, uh, and uh, it, 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 <laughs> it, it was pretty bad. And, uh, you know, to be able to go go outside on a daily basis, living in a shelter, staying on a shelter there called First to Serve and uh, hear the, to hear the gunshots and uh, the helicopters and, uh, you know, the prostitution, people suffering, you know, and uh, and there was, there was a lot of 
there was there was quite frequently on a weekly basis you could see uh you know the lime chalk marks i, I was in this place and i was making phone calls and i had a i had a black gentleman and I, I can't find him his name was walter diggs they called him og and uh i used to hang when it being in that shelter and um he whispered in my ear, and that's a story that I haven't been able to tell you. Don't tell it. Is uh, he, he said, "White boy," he said, "You're better than this." And he said, "I love you." And he said, "You have one week to get out of here. Mm. You're better than this." And I said, "What do you mean one week? This isn't you." And I said, "Well, I can make phone calls. You know, I used to be in recovery. I can make this phone call. You can go with me, OG." And he said, no, Lang, he said, I'm a crip. And he said, until the day I die, he said, I'm already 60 years old. I've already signed on. I ended up making the phone call and I got into acting on July 25th, 2018. And before I got into acting, I remember that I was doing so much dope and, and pills that I, I knew if I closed my eyes that it was over. You know, my, my, my heartbeat, I wrote about it, it was about 16, 17. 20 hit the most and that's real. And, and, and I just, I just keep hitting that pipe and, and, and drinking lots of fluids just to stay alive. And that day I ended up getting an actin. and, uh, wow, this is an honor. Cause I never get to tell a story. So, I, you know, I stayed up all night and I was using, and there was a guy next to me, Kevin, it was black. He was out on parole and, uh, he was part of the church there. And, uh, down there once and um it was like five o'clock in the morning and um og walter diggs was standing by the door and he said get up get your white ass up it's time to go you know i'm hispanic <laughs> so i i got up <laughs> I, I i got up and i showered and uh i had all my stuff packed and uh you had to be at union station by a certain time i think it was nine o'clock and they would pick you up and take you to Castaic up there in Antelope Valley. So Kevin was going to go with me. And uh, we got up and I could barely stand up. I could barely walk. And you get the next bus, you get the bus and you get to the red or the blue line where you catch the trains. And uh, God really woke me up because I'd get on these buses, these double, they're like double buses for the, for the, for the transit. And, 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 and the buses were packed with a lot of black people, mostly black people, black people that were persevering to go to work. And, and I was watching the stuff around me and, and, and I was holding on to the bar as it was moving. I'm sorry. That's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Take a breath. And Kevin said, uh, this is my brother Lang. He's going to get some help today. And black people gave me their seat. And at that time in the morning, they're packed. I saw a whole different life. You know, I'd been to prison. They gave me their seat. And Kevin would talk about me and talk about the Lord and about me. And then you'd get off and you'd have to go on the on the train platform. Never done that before. And I get on the platform, you have to get in, get the tickets, and there'd be people that are hustling and right there, you know, in the in the in the in the hood. And uh, you'd get on the train 
the blue line, you, you got to get to Union Station at a certain time. And and that ride was hell for me, too. And, and Kevin was carrying all my stuff. Well, we finally get to Union Station. And it's big. It was. I mean, it was big. And you had to walk and walk. And I had to be at this location by a certain time. or I wasn't going to get tapped. And, and we finally got there where, where, where this van arrives. And it's, you know, summer, July 25th. And I, I get there. And uh, there was ladies with black people. And they were loving me. And this van pulls up. And the guy takes one look at me. And he says, uh, this guy's mental health. And Kevin says, no, man, my brother's dying. They start getting on the radio and talking. And back then, you know, because of Eagle, I work on that now. I said, you don't know who I am. I'm Lang Martinez. I've had this before. You know, I worked in recovery. You're going to help me. I wasn't even paying attention. But Kevin was yelling at him, saying, you're going to take him. Because, you know, it's a county program. Mm-hmm. You know, liabilities. And I'm, I'm, I'm whacked. Well, Kevin said, if you don't end up taking him today, the guy was another brother. Kevin said, it's going to be a bad day for you. And the guy looked at Kevin and said, what'd you say? If you don't take Lang, it's going to be a bad day for you. This van ain't going to Acton. The van took me to Acton. <laughs> and I stood outside of Acton. You know, you got to go to the gate. You got security. And it's like a, it's like a, it's like camping out setup, but a little bit of present, you know, yard type mentality. I mean, the look, which I'm used to. <laughs> And, and, and they kept me outside that gate in the hot sun for a lot of hours. Everybody else was going in but me. They were feeding me waters. And finally, they'd get on the radio. They'd be talking to everybody else, probably seeing things or whatever. And I kept saying, you don't know who I am. And we know who you are. But yeah. Finally, after quite a few hours, they, they, they actually brought me a golf cart. And uh, they got me, they got, they let me into acting. And uh, the counselor there, her name's April. They in a county program, you know, you have, you know, you start the next day. They they actually let me sit and go through it for a week before I had to start going to meetings. So that's so that's how it started. So um, so I, I'm assuming that your drug of choice was methamphetamine, or just, or were you like me? It was just kind of everything, with with one primary drug of choice. Yeah, it ended up being methamphetamine. My my the choice that actually put me in the prison the most was actually crack cocaine. Mm. I mean, uh, I th- meth-, meth ended up keeping me out of prison because of the cost factor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 oh, goodness gracious. New Perceptions North, the premier drug and alcohol treatment and recovery center in Central California. A full continuum of medically supervised top quality care with programs for detox, inpatient residential treatment with dual diagnosis, intensive outpatient treatment, sober living, support groups, and more. With 50 plus years of combined experience and sobriety, Flint Anderson and Thelma Gatlin Wilson provide adult men and women with the highest caliber of professional health care, treating each client with compassion and respect, in a safe, comfortable environment to begin the process of recovery to proudly create and sustain a life without addiction, call 559-978-1507 or visit newperceptionsnorth.com. I think one of the important things, and I, I commend you because I can share in this, is talking about, you know, so many people, you know, want to go, oh, booze is the gateway, weed is the gateway, what a, you, you, 
trauma. It's three gentlemen that have had varying trauma, but you and I both went through sexual stuff as a, as a kid. And I know a lot of yes. men bury that down. And I think it's so important that men like yourself are speaking out about that because it helps other men understand they're not alone in it. I mean, one of my heroes, Sugar Ray Leonard, he shares that fact. And once he did, I'm like, well, okay, I don't have to slump my shoulders anymore for this. The champ went through this and and he got sober and clean and so so can I. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm glad you brought that up because um, you know, as far as the sexual abuse, you know, that's how I ended up meeting uh, you know, Catherine is in the article I I, I did the one that nobody knows but me. You know, nobody knows but me. Everybody says about nobody knows what me God did. You know, I, I I've had plenty of offers on the on the the name Catherine knows that, you know, nobody knows but me, God did. And, and I said, it's not for sale. And they said, well, we can go, nobody knows dot, 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 but me, God did like Martinez. And I said, no, I said, nobody knows, but me, God did is about each one, each and every one of us dar darkest secrets because God knows how can I sell something or market something and give somebody the rights to something that doesn't belong to me. It belongs to you. Mm -hmm. It belongs to each and every one of us. God knows, you know, when I was there down in that area, I was going down the alley and, and I, I just got done doing, you know, that Matt Cox, Real True Crimes. Hmm. I've heard of it, but I've not. Yeah, I, I just it, it got released a few days ago and I was actually to tell that story. Uh, when, I, when I was down there, down there on Vernon Western, you, you'd go in, in the back alleys and in the back alleys, it was some dirty. Uh, some dirty couches and uh, on the dirty couches. Some of the prostitutes would, uh, they would sleep there. And there was this one prostitute, her name was Coco. I was actually able to go back there and see her being sober. We were doing some filming with West Coast storytellers or something. Excuse me. She was there and she started crying when she seen me. She ended up dying. But going down that alley, I remember one morning I went down there and she was crying and uh, she was dirty. She was a beautiful woman. And she said, I, I got no money to get a crack kid. And then she was telling me about the story that people were coming all through the night and, and making her do sexual acts. And I remembered what happened to me at, back in 19, 1981. You know, if you read some of my stuff on my Google, you see, you know, what happened after a share concert. In 1981, I, I I was involved in it in that area, and, and and I remember what Kevin Scott Hamilton did to me. I have one of the case first cases in California, the Superior Court. That he's no longer a John Doe. The judge gave him a name, so I can say it. It's on my Google. His name's Kevin Scott Hamilton, and, and I remember what he did to me. So. Having sobriety three times five years, you know, now I just, I just said, I just celebrated five years nice. for the fourth time. Oh, <laughs> All right. Yeah. All right. No. Yeah. They, they never thought, yeah. I remember I also too, I was sexually abused and raped, you know, and, uh, and, and it triggered it by seeing what happened to her, the gunshots and just, and, and I knew what it was. So I lost track. But having sobriety three times five years, everybody says to me, Lang, why, why the five years? Was it the program? We worked in steps. We doing this. We did it. And I said, it was the pain. It, it was the freaking, it was the pain. Like your pro, it was the pain. 
well, I know what the pain is. And you just share a little bit of what yours is. So I, so I knew because of the pain, I had enough people in my arena that I knew what I had to do in regards to the pain. I'm, I'm involved in a lot of things, you know, on a daily basis in regards to, you know, the progress of my recovery because I'm, I'm, I'm a courageous survivor of sexual abuse and rape. I think you shared it happened to you too, sir, right? Molested, yeah. Yes, sir. I'm sorry. You know, and uh, the place that I was at, you know, it was a Hollywood place. It, it was called the Odyssey. And and and, and being in that club and, and, and connected, you know, to those kind of people back then, I was connected to Eddie Nash. And, you know, the, they talked about the, the Wonderland murders. That was July of 81. Working through my pain and becoming a homeless advocate and seeing what happens to the men knowing that men caught up in homelessness, one out of three, the women, it's constant. And, I, and you saw me, I think, you know, I talked about that in California Insider, if you saw me. I, I promised this young lady that I advocated for, Tanya Doolin, when they were getting ready to put me in the studio. And I, I looked at her, she went with me. And I said, Tanya, I made a promise. I'm going to tell, tell the story. And, and, I, and I talked about, I, I talked about being, being caught up in homelessness. And I talked about, women caught up in homelessness and what they go through. You know, you never see that. You, you never really hear that conversation about, about that's their survival. You know, it, it doesn't matter what a woman looks like. And I don't mean that to rob because women to me are beautiful. I mean, it talks about it, in the, you know, they're, they're, they should be treated as queens. It doesn't matter. But what they go through in, in, in the homeless encampments is it, it, sad. For women to come out of that situation and, and, and be caught up in any type of recovery and getting each side of time, that, that's truly a miracle. You know, and, and where we're at today is truly a miracle too, you know. Lang, I got a question for you. Um yes, sir. It was it was interesting that uh prior to coming in, I was talking with one of my staff members, um, just kind of on relapse and uh and now you mentioned that five year mark. Um, and, uh, you know, I was trying to explain to her and you may agree with me, may disagree with me. That's okay. Yeah. No, I've got, I, you know, again, it, this isn't a competition. I hate almost no, when I, when I say, you know, <laughs> uh, but I, but I got, you know, 23 years in, um, and I was, and I, I was explaining to her, I, I, I have to have a, I hope this makes sense. I have to have a foot surgery and I need, I needed to have it like six months ago. Right. And, and I've had 35 surgeries total in my life and I just hate them. And, and so I've been, I finally realized I've been putting this off because, because it's not that it's not that I'm, I'm going to go out and use again because I'm going to have to take some sort of pain meds and it's, it's monitored by, by my family and, and, and everything else, you know, but, but, but I hate the process so much that it's almost like I have to get mentally tough for this, you know, because I, I know what I need to do in recovery. I need to know what, it, what I, I know I need what to do on my, on my daily stuff here. Okay. But yeah. getting ready for something like this again. And, and so I think for all of us, there, there has to come a point where, and this is almost unexplainable to people. We just have to get mentally tough over some of this stuff. Do, do you agree or disagree with that? Well, you, you, as far as mentally tough, I mean, you gotta, you, you're talking about the foot surgery. Well, you know, we've already had the, we already had the surgery, and there was no anesthetic, 
So now we got to get into the part of the rehabilitation of the recovery part. So, so you got to get mentally, you got to get mentally ready for that. Absolutely. It's on a daily basis. But yeah, but I, but I think what I'm, what I'm, what I'm really meaning is this, because um, uh, is, is getting mentally tough for the fact that under no circumstances whatsoever, am I going to relapse? Right. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I'm glad I mentioned this. Somebody asked me the question about that. I, I, I had an incident that, that came up a few years ago and uh, it, it was a lesson where I didn't let go and let God. So, so yeah, I, I did it Lang's way and I ended up getting some stuff. I ended up in, you know, in the newspapers and it ended up working out. Okay. And it was, it was a lesson, but I, I ended up, for me, it's my story. It's my, I can only tell you my story, but it goes to what you were saying, mentally tough. The platform that I have and some of the mistakes I've made, you know, they're on a different platform and you get people that follow you and stuff like that. And, and when this happened to me, before that happened to me, they'd say, you know, Lang, you're, you do this, you do that. You know, it, it, should we make the door bigger for you? And I'd say, well, yeah. And I'd say, it's just not your name in the paper. So it's going to go to, I'm going to get to your answer. So when something happened to me, God knocked me down. And there was an article that was written, Ventura County Homeless Advocate Seeks Redemption. It was written by Mark Alvarado about my story and, you know, what I go through. Right. So having a platform and then if you look at my Facebook or articles or whatever I do, I don't comment. I really don't comment. I, I share my journey. I share my mistakes. I share my recovery. And, and, and doing this, I have to get mentally fit. So every day and sometimes when you're talking about it carries a responsibility, just like both of you have responsibility. We carry responsibilities. Mm -hmm. I mean, whether you're going into meeting, you have one day, we have a responsibility to get back. So you got to be mentally fit. Sometimes I just wake up and I crawl, I go in the bathroom and I get into a ball and I just cry. And sometimes I wish I didn't have a platform. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I'll make a phone call to Dr. Lee from children tonight and say, Dr. Lee, yeah, I can't use again, can I? No. I, I can't go kill the perpetrator. No. I can't even run him over. No. no. I can't go break the law. No. <laughs> but you, you made that decision, Lang, when you when you when you chose the platform. I got to choose the platform. God chose it. Well, yeah, Lang. You you need to finish the story. And the story is is that is that you show you your story share one, your experience, strength, and hope, but one, there is a God. And two, you need to get to the other side, learn about forgiveness and the healing, and, and, and you got to die sober. Yeah. Yeah. I get it that. is mental. It, it, it is. I, you know, before I got on the show, and it, it, I always wanted to tell a story about Kevin and about Walter. And, 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 and I don't want to be too mentally fit either to where I don't feel emotion. Of you course. Know, there's, been, yeah. there's been meetings in regards to me. I'm, we're getting ready to, to do a nonprofit. And, you know, they said it's your, you know, the Nobody Knows But Me Foundation, you know, as far as educating, you know, with the sex trafficking, because that's my, that's what I do. As uh, they said about me and healing is laying ready. And, and then Mark Alvarado said, I don't know if Lang will ever be healed. You know, there's a verse that talks about perseverance, pain, pain, God, whatever, you know, in the Bible. I don't want to ever stop meeting people like you and not remembering the emotion, but sure. remembering the emotion, not just mine, but I, I feel for the others. 
because I, I, I know. Yeah, that that emotion, that emotion that we have when we're when we're telling our story and 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 helping others with it is so vastly important. Um, never want to lose that. Um, it, it, and this is almost going to sound weird, but I almost don't ever want to be classified as healed. So I made that. Thank you. Hey, you finally said it. Okay, because everybody said to me, and I, I'm glad you said that the first time. Thank you. If I'm healed, then I'm going to turn back into probably the same old <laughs> real asshole. Okay, well, that, that I was before. I mean, I I don't know, but but no, that 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 emotion that we have, and I'll be honest with you, there 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 are people out there doing what we're doing. Right. Okay, that sometimes have I'm just going to say it have that fake emotion have that have that that sure you you know and you can tell and and that's the thing about speaking to people Lang people know when you're when you're throwing them BS they know when you are not sincere they know when you don't mean what you're saying mm-hmm. and brother I can tell you mean what you say. If you or a loved one is struggling with addiction, please call Parents and Addicts in Need at 559-579-1551 or check us out online at painnonprofit.org. Follow us on social media at Pain Nonprofit. Please subscribe to the podcast and share with others wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. To donate, please click the link in the description and help us save more lives gripped by addiction. I, I get phone calls you know, from, from different media groups and I'm not saying this to brag. Uh, I, I get phone calls from different things on TV, things, you know, talk shows, whatever. And, and I, I got a call one time. And, and it was after I did NASCAR or something else. And he said, hey, let me watch on the show, you know, your story, Hollywood. And, and it was the producer, you know, the person on the, on the show, the, the TV, talking to me about airing boy, all this bullshit. I'm sorry. No, that's okay, right. okay, man. We say bullshit we say all the time. time. Yeah, I said, how many chairs do you have? And he said, what? I said, how many chairs do you have? He goes, well, you can bring in somebody else, and if you have attorneys, you know, they can be in the back of the studio. I said, no. Well, you know what? We give you, they were going to pay or something. Didn't matter. And, and I said, no. They go, what do you mean by chairs? We want to talk about a potential book. People are working on a script. You know, you got all these things going on. You just got them doing this, blah, 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 blah. And I said, by the grace of God, go on. I said, I don't know. What don't you know? Well, I have a real problem with people that get on, on, on shows that, that come from where we come from, and they want to talk about their book. I, I'm still learning about Lang. I have a whole village, including you people now in my life, that are part of it because I, I'm effing broken still. And, 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 and the reason I, I said this to the producer is I, I said – what are you going to ask? You're going to get me on a show and ask me questions that I can't answer. Well, let's talk about the potential. Nobody knows but me. Oh, nobody knows. I don't even know. No, I, I said, there's been people that have believed in Lang. And I said, we could fill up your stage and you need them to ask questions about Lang because I don't know. I'm here because somebody believed in me and people are around are believing in me and guiding me. And if I do that, that'll be true ego because I don't have an answer. Yeah, I'm like Martinez. Nobody knows but me. Hey, it all started when it, no, it all started by somebody believing in me. It all started with God believing me, me surrendering, mm-hmm. right? Being on the show, 
this is part of the chapter, whatever goes on in my life to share to others. You believed in me. I wouldn't be here. Right. I, I'm still learning about Lang. You know what sure. I mean? I, I don't, when you were talking about that, you know, never heal. You're right. These people that do stuff in, in this type of business and you can sit there and have a conversation. Yeah. I, I was there once too, you know, but did, did you read no, you know, no shit Sherlock? No, I didn't. Well, you know, Flint kind of off what you were talking about. I was talking with our mutual friend Hick Sheremy about that, that idea of people where they say I'm recovered. And I'm not here to dispute that as maybe that is for some people, but him and I, and especially as him and I talk a lot about our faith, what there's a lot of mutual faith there is he goes, well, don't you think it'd be dangerous for guys like you and I to say I'm recovered? And I go, you're right. Uh, it'd be very dangerous. And he goes, I guess we can say that on the day we meet our maker. Yeah. And I went, oh, oh shit. You're right. Right. And yeah. that struck me powerfully. That's yeah. powerful. And I don't know that I'd want to step into that mentality because I'm afraid then I would stop being of service. Like, I'm recovered. I'm good. Right. I don't need to help you guys. I don't need help. Right. I don't need help from, from my faith or anything else. I, But that's for me. I'm not here to judge other people's vernacular or, of course. or whatever it is. But Of course. And and Ling, I want to bring up something else. And, I, and, I'm, and I'm hoping I... Uh, I, I'm not overstepping boundaries here by any means because you mentioned no. something, especially when he mentioned the fact that he wants to start the the nonprofit. <laughs> okay, look, my friend, there is there is nothing. And again, if I'm getting this wrong, you tell me. Because of what you're doing, because of the story that you're telling, that is so powerful. Okay. Yes, sir. It is going to help a lot of people out there. I'm here to tell you it's going to take time. It takes effort. It takes commitment. And it takes finances. And there is never a place in the word where it says we should not be paid for a day's labor. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Ever that nowhere in yeah. there does it say that. Nowhere does it says say because we are believers that we should not get paid for our efforts. Okay? Absolutely. And so I I don't want you to ever think that that's the case or or be, because the reality today as the, as it's been the reality over time immemorial Right. We have to have income in order to function and in order to reach people and to reach more people. It's a it's it's a fact of life. Yeah. God does not have a problem with us getting paid. It's what we do with those with those funds that matter. Yeah. But it's also taking care of yourself. You physically, spiritually, emotionally, your family, whoever, okay, making sure you have food on your table, making sure you have a roof over your head, making sure you have a vehicle to get from point A to point B. Well, you know, it's taken a long time. You know, I was sick with the Bichette. You know, I owned a credit business and I was doing very well and I had something pop up. And then what happened is I, I went to, when I was in, then it was some it, the paper. There was something that took place. We don't need to get into. You read about it. Mm 
I ended up in LA and I'm consulting with Hoffix and all these big pieces in regards to homeless advocacy. And and I and I'm working and I'm working in uh, and and I'm working in uh, can you see? Yeah, and I'm working mm -hmm. uh, in recovery for West Valley Treatment Center, and I ended up getting a rare disease called Bichette syndrome. It's an autoimmune, so I went blind, and some stuff happened to me. It's like only two people there. It's called Bichette. It, it, yeah, look it up, Bichette syndrome. Yeah, yeah, right. I know you're smiling. People say, "Lang, what do you have?" And I said, I got Bichette's. They go, we know you're full of shit. I said, I got Bichette's. <laughs> God, God gave me Bichette's because Mexican white people and black people don't get Bichette's. Right. Look it up. You don't get it when you're 58 years old. And I got Bichette's. They said, I actually, by what I put myself through the stress and everything else, I ended up changing my own DNA. And I got this thing called the Silk Road Disease. Wow. It's an autoimmune. But to go back to what we say, so I ended up having this and then ended up nothing and then and then I was taken care of by children tonight because of my story. I, you know, I get income. I just got a new, I just got a new car, you know, and with the nonprofit, with the nonprofit, you're exactly right. I got a, a lot. This thing is going big right now. In fact, what we're going to do with the nobody knows, but me foundation is we're going to use a sponsorship waiting for an answer from NASCA national association of adult survivors of child abuse. So, what, what, and I, I've already reached out to mayors and, and police officers. And when I switched up from the, the homeless and, and I went to the arena where God wants me and with the children, is everybody said yes to me. I got Ventura Police Department. I got OPD. Uh, I, I got a lot of people involved. And one of the things that I said is that with the movie that came out and with the situation of, of the pedophiles and and the trauma, the use of addiction, blah blah blah. I said, we, I, I think with my with the, with the, with my vision is, is to continue and bring the awareness on the streets, like soldiers. You know, I bring bring it bring it bring it out, have discussions, have, have functions, and, and support our local law enforcement that do the job. Have you have you guys seen that movie? I, I haven't brought movie? myself to be able to watch it yet. Are you but, talking about Sound of Freedom? Yeah. Have yeah. You seen no. It? Yep. That 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 uh, powerful is powerful. Well, well, yeah. You know what I took off on seeing that you, you did. So you did see it. No, I've seen bits and pieces of it. I have not. I have. Right, I watched a movie, you know, in this out of country, you know, and and, and there's the where he wrecks. She uses a little boy, and I know about nonprofits and, and their agendas and what they're doing. God bless them. And I saw where he came in, and he just got them rescuing this boy. The boy's missing his sister, and. Uh, he comes in to talk to his boss and he looks at his boss and he's got this emotion in his eyes. And he says, uh, I'm going after the girl. He says, no. And he says, unless I go after the girl, the, the pieces are broken inside me and I can't put them back together. And it hit me. We don't, we don't, we don't know their story, what they go through, these great people that go after them. We don't know what the families go through out here in regards to getting a child back that that's been sex trafficked or been violated like you and I, Jason. We don't know what it, we, we've never heard that story. What I do know is I did something in Palm Springs. So this leads to the nonprofit. The idea. It, and you'll know this being a survivor. I was out there with Randy Boyd. You've heard of him, Courageous Healers. OK, mm -hmm. I was with Randy and I was out there. I was out there in, uh, in out there in Palm Springs. I was out there with uh, Patricia Kimball, and we were raising money to get backpacks 
and other stuff. But I was with Randy. And Patrice says, Randy, no, Randy says, what did you pray for? And Patrice says, I prayed for one of these children to have a normal life. And, 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 I, and I said, well, what, what is she talking about? She goes, well, you know, these children that have been molested, sex trafficked, the chances of them having a normal life are, 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 are not very good. So I was talking to Patrice and her husband's one of those guys. I don't even know if that's her real name. And I said, Patrice, can you tell me a little bit about it? And she told me. She told me, and, and then I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm blessed that I have friends that are police officers today. And I, I asked her, and she told me the story about, about how they do the surveillance here in the United States, California, Ventura, where you live, you know, right here in our old backyard. And, and how when they come in, you know, they want to get the group together. And then they're dressed like these guys, monsters, and they come in and they pull these children out. Children are screaming. They separate them. You know, if they're if they're not wearing clothes, they don't. They just give them something to cover with. They're wiped down for DNA. And I'm hearing this story. And then when I saw that part in the movie where Jim talked about that, I said, well, we need to bring that here. And we need to honor those those men and women that do that job. We can have all the nonprofits, you know, Children Night, I'm connected to under their umbrella. She does a hell of a job on the streets with prostitution and runaways. But unless we support these men and women that do that go after these children, that's where I want to do with the nonprofit yeah. is to be able to honor them and give back to them. Yeah. Because unless we do, we, we need more of them. And then in regards to yours and my story, Jason, I, I, I asked this officer I know, uh, I, I asked Martin Perez, because he knows some people, so I can never do that job. And I said, you know, I said, Sergeant Perez, I said, uh, they're sort of like, they're sort of like molested too. And he said, yeah, in a way, like a job like that, I couldn't do. Sure. So that's what the nonprofit, but nobody knows but me, is, is about bringing awareness yeah. and trying to bring money and, and have these people talk on that kind of level. Right. That's yeah. that's my vision, sir. Good, yeah. good. That's a that's a that's a great vision to have. Make sure you get a really good board of directors. Yes, you know, sir. Make sure you get a board of directors that believes in in your mission. Okay, um, that is that is that is key. Okay, that is that is critical. And I would keep it to maybe five to seven people, no more than that. The minute you get it over that, now you've got all types of, of personalities <laughs> coming coming yeah. together, and you know, and different views and all that nonsense. Uh, but, but, but if, if you start there and you've got that good board of directors behind you, man, you can, you, you can take it as far as you want to take it. Yes, sir. Well, and I think one of the, the important pieces too, is to hopefully help these young people with any tools to process it. So they don't end up being the story later of being an addict and on the street, right. you know, it's that, that thing that Flint and I go, how can we get more, not only, early awareness but intervention with it and and tools to actually help people through these traumas these processes you know i think when when you talk about you having another surgery i see little flint the little boy that's mm -hmm. having to go through this and it's like again mom and dad again. you know right. and and it's no different for these kids and um yeah yeah you know i was i i, I didn't even know i was going to think about this for the rest of the day but Early this morning, I'm breezing through all the social media stuff, and there's a TikTok piece on a little boy that is speaking in front of the judge, 
Okay. Who had, and he, and he is the, the, the little boy is a 17 year old little boy that is six inch is six inches shorter than he should be. He has a fourth grade education and he is begging the judge to put his grandmother in bars behind bars for life because yeah, I saw of, it. did you see that one? Yes. Yeah. I saw it. Yes, sir. I, 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 I mean, but, but, and, and, and and a is that just such? I mean, it's it, it's so evil that that I I wanted to jump through the phone and just grab this lady by the throat and take her out myself. She was eighty five years old. Eighty five years old. You're absolutely right. Yeah. But here, but here was also the thought. Not only is this little boy starting with 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 such a. I mean, he, he's got so far to go in this. I just pray that there's a family out there that can that can take this young young boy this young man in. But my one of my main concerns is this is the perfect scenario for a kid winding up on drugs on the street being taken advantage of and maybe dying before he's 20 years old. Absolutely. But you know what else I I learned and I don't know if you agree with me is uh absolutely you know I'm, I'm glad that's wow that's a god shot. You saw that. I saw it last night, and I remember she was, yeah, she was eighty-five. Yeah, yeah. I, I was in a relationship that ended up getting me in trouble. Carol, you know, uh, Catherine was part of. Kept saying for me to get away from it, and, uh, and and what happened is I was being manipulated. I had a little girl in my life that I loved dearly, and you know, a child, and uh, I loved her, and uh, we ended up breaking up. But it was a manipulation, so I ended up in my office. And uh, it was a few years back, and I ended up grabbing uh, there was some fentanyl. I ended up actually getting some fentanyl in the office, and I wanted to die. But at that time, I was advocating for the people that were dying in, in Project Room Key from addiction. There was a big story out here, and I was on that story. You know, I was uncovering some stuff and working with some different people and to uncover the deaths, and it was the Vagabond and Oxnard. And Catherine helped me with it. She put out some stuff, and People were overdosing, and I ended up writing that article, Vagrancy versus Homelessness. You know, I had talked about it in California Insider. So I'm in the office, but I got this responsibility. And, 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 and I don't want to go out half-assed backwards. So the fentanyl, I got, it's there, but I can't do that. And, and there ain't no gun, and, and I probably couldn't do it. So I just got to deal with this pain. So I call Randy, and you might relate to this, and I'll go back to that, about you were saying before 20. So I called Randy Boyd up and I said, Randy, I said, I lost Bonnie, man. I, 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 I'm, I'm in pain. And I was crying. Where are you, Lang? Don't worry about where I'm at. Where are you at? Where are you at, Lang? Are you at the office? Don't worry about it. Randy, I, I can't do this no more. Listen to me, Lang. Lang, listen to me. I want to pray with you. No, Randy, I, I, I don't know. I'm just in so much effing pain. And I said, Randy, I got to ask you something. Yeah. See what they did, what they did to us. And the question I asked Randy, I said, when Patricia said that prayer about these children having a normal life, was she talking about me, Randy? Hmm. Yes, Lady. You were in that prayer. And then he said, that's where now you know this is where the work's got to be done to have anything normal in your life. You know Randy's story, right, Jason? Yeah. You know, the wounded child inside, you know? Yeah. Randy was also, he was hurt, you know, and he was mentoring me. 
but it was a different situation. But it, but it proved it because I didn't get out of it in time. You know, things happen. So I knew then about about the brokenness that you were talking about. That that child at seventeen, I was him. I don't know what happened to you, and I'm sorry. But unless we do the work, and it's a lot of work on a daily basis, and it's a mental thing. I mean, you know, it's you know, it's like I gotta fucking do this. The, the chances of us getting to the other side are nil and none. What what those fucking monsters did to us, you know, I, I wrote about it. They go on with their lives. You know, Kevin Scott Hamilton, you know, owns iconic event studios. He's worth all this money and got the mansions and and everything. And I, and I wrote about that. And Catherine Hill actually helped me write that article, The Truth Nobody Knows. And it was the keys to recovery, you know. They have their lives and, and 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 they take no accountability. You know, I'm in a lawsuit right now. You know, deny, deny, deny. You know, and and and, and it causes more pain. You know what I mean? This you know this guy's denying what he did, but not just to me, but but to so many. Yeah, recovery and, and recovery. It, it's a hell of a ride and it's a hell of a job. It's a, it's for me. It's a full time job, sir. But remember something. This 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 evil person, he can have all the mansions, all the cars, all the money, and he's not going to be able to take that to hell with him when he gets there. Yeah, absolutely not. You know, it, it was funny that uh, you know, because I, you know, the title talking about you know the pain. Wow. <laughs> you know, uh, I I, w- I was also called for a show one time with Randy. I had Randy. I said, hey, I got these people. They're they're calling me. I said, they, they you know they want to do the in house studio. Blah blah blah. It was another one. And Randy said, you're not ready yet. And I said, well, you know what, Randy, you're going to go with me. He goes, I'm out, I'm out here. He, he was a naive in Empire. And he said, Lang, he said, he goes, let me ask you something because, you're, you know, you're honest and, and that's part of your journey. And if somebody reads about you, they know where you're at. So right now, where are you at? And this is in the beginning, not not the other in the beginning. I'm not long, I'm not there no more. So I said, he said, what happens if you get up there and I'm not there? And they say, Lang, how do you feel about your perpetrator? I, I, I want to hear an honest answer. And I said, OK. I said, well, you know, when things were going down back in the day, I would try to commit suicide and I go with this hitting him. I said, he might end up in the bathroom, put the gun to his mouth. And I said, I want to be there and wear goggles. And I said, when he blows his head off, I go, I just want to be there. So you're going to answer the the, the, the journalist or the commentator that way. Yeah. And I go, then I want to hit a hundred mil. I want to hit a million views. And I said, we can get a Tylenol commercial that'll bump it up. And if you're suffering no head at all, take two aspirin and call me in the morning. And Randy said, what's the phone number, Lane? <laughs> and he called them and said he ain't going so where i'm at today and so i, I want people and your listeners to hear this i'm at forgiveness do i wish something would happen yeah do i do i want him to blow his head up no no because other people are involved and i'm, I'm a man that's trying to walk the walk of god you know it's a process so it's a part where randy talks about the healing part you know about the forgiveness so i, I i'm not I'm forgiving, but but I'm not quite there yet. And, and, and people that listen to me, I want them to know that. Understandable. Right. If he was to get clipped by a car and put in a wheelchair for a little while, I'm cool. But, but, <laughs> but, but, but I mean, I'm being honest. Sure, I mean, man. I'm being, I'm being honest. That's all understandable. That's that's yeah. all. Fe- those are all feelings that are normal. I mean, come on. I, I, I mean, it is. I, I mean, look, we, we reach a certain point and that's what recovery is about. It is about forgiveness. It is about letting go. It, it, it is. But let me tell you something. God didn't, God gave us brains for a reason. 
Okay. Yeah. You, you, you know, and, and all this, you know, and the forgiving part, yes. Okay. But the forgetting part, for, the reason why we don't forget is so we don't let it happen to us again. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's literally the purpose of memory. Right. I mean, it, you know, and right. And for me, the forgiveness part was for me. Fuck them. It, it's not for anyone else. That's for right. me. Because I'm not going to have any more right. sleepless nights about it. And I'm not going to self-medicate over it anymore. I, I don't. I didn't do it for, for them or right. for him. I did it for me. Yeah. That's what, you know, I didn't want to have that life anymore. And, you know, I wanted it to be a tool. I mean, my kids are, you know, teenagers. My gosh, my son's about to be 15. Uh, And they and they know because I wanted them armed. That's why, you know, here's my story. Here's my knowledge. If you see or experience something very similar, you get out of that situation. You call fire, whatever it is, you know, right. Yeah, it it was allowed me to arm others with tools. Right. So yeah, no, the forgiveness piece, that that's for me. I, I say that's it's up to God after that. Let God sorted out the mess. Yeah. I mean, there it is. You know, I'm fortunate enough that if I'm able to talk in front of somebody, you know, men, you know, I'll sit there because you know, you know, especially dealing in, in the homeless community with people in different type of programs and stuff like that. And, and I try to let them know that that Uncle Juan was a piece of shit. And and if if you sat on Uncle Juan's lap more than one time. And you feel the guilt or he promised you something and you're not able to come out and say, hey, this this happened to me. Your recovery is going to be nil and none. And if you showed up here today to listen to my story, then just I have just a slight inclination that it might have happened to you. So the analogy I use is that <clears throat> if you were home and Uncle Juan was on the lap and he kept touching you funny and he did something to you, but he did it to you more than once. <clears throat> You're probably dealing with guilt because you should have said something the first time, and that's not true. Why? Because you were a child. There was guilt, fear you are being groomed. So you sat on Uncle Juan's lap many, many times. So because you did then, you feel the guilt and the shame, and you say to yourself, I play a part. But the fact is, is Uncle Juan was a monster. Right. You play no part. Right. So if you want to talk to me about the 12 steps of alcohol, I'm pretty controversial with that one. I believe in the program. I believe in the promises. I believe in the steps and how I utilize them. But but in regards to the part of uh, talking about what a part of play, and if somebody tells you that you play any part, any part, I go get you know what, tell that person to go up himself because you play no part. Right. And it was it was a reason, you know what? So if one, if you sat on one's lap and he was making you promise and making you threat, or you thought Uncle Juan was a great guy, and why did Uncle Juan do this? Uncle Juan was an effing monster. And you know what? You need to come out and say, This is what happened to me. Guess what? You let it go and you give it to him, let him know he had no weapon right. He had no right to do what he did. I agree. They, 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 he had no right. You play no part, man. Right. Mm-hmm. You were a child. Understand, you were a child, and no adult individual has a right to do that, to groom you, to even put some stuff to manipulate to get in your head. They have no right to live in your head rent free. Right. And the only way to get that effort, to get that situation, is by you have to say it. And you know, this happened to me, and Uncle Juan did this. And you know what? F Uncle Juan. I'm not going to let him live in my head rent free. And this is what I need to do, and I need help, man. It's okay. Mr. Anderson, well, Lang, you're a good man. You know what? You're 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 a good man with a great heart, and I have nothing but the ultimate respect for you. What you've been through, what you've accomplished, what you've come through, um, I I give no higher praise to 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 a man that has um, that has accomplished what you've accomplished. I mean that sincerely with all of my heart, my friend. I 
can I can I tell a story that when I if I get, when I do get a chance to speak, there's a story I'd like to tell. The end this with it's okay. Sure. Unless you surrender to God, nothing's possible. And I and I tell this story about God's love and your love for loving me because I'm broken, and I admit that. There's this old, there's this couple, and it's back in the early 1800s, late 1800s. And they're sharecroppers, and they got this little boy, and they have a little girl. Little boy's about five, little girl's about seven. And this one year, they make some extra money, you know, a sharecropper. So they go into town, and they you had to go in the post office, and you look through the catalog, you know, what are you going to get? You know, what would you like to buy, honey? So the honey, the lady opens up this catalog. It was probably JCPenney's or Sears. And she opens it up and she sees this thing that's a mirror, but a looking glass, it's a mirror. It's a, it's a long mirror. You know, they didn't have mirrors back then. You know, you look at a reflection, you know, your hair, you didn't really see the smudge that turned on your face, but it was this mirror that they could take to their home. So they'd go into town and they'd get their food, their feed and stuff like that. And they'd go to the post office. Did it come in? Did it come in? Yeah, it has come in. Finally, it comes in. They, they get off the wagon, they get their stuff, it comes in. It's wrapped in, you know, like the brown paper with the twine. And, and let's wait till we get home. So they, they, get, they get home and she rips off the paper. She looks in the mirror. She admires herself. She's this beautiful woman. He, the man looks at himself and he's a strong, you know, guy. He's got this old lawn. He's got some dirt on his face. The little girl looks in the mirror and she, she's, you know, a little cutie and, you know, seven, whatever. And she's doing this. She got dirt on her face. And then I look in the mirror or the boy looks in the mirror and he starts crying. Well, the little boy was deformed. He was deformed at birth. And he starts crying. And he says, mommy and daddy, you see the way you look and you still love me. And they put their arms around him. And they said, because... I'm your mom and your dad. We're broken people, but God loves us. And we look in the mirror being broken and all the ugliness and the deformities that's been thrown at us or, or we brought upon ourselves. But God loves us no matter how we look. Yes, sir. That's exactly what it is. Jason. Thank you, Lang. Thank you, buddy. It was my honor. Thank you. If you or a loved one is struggling with addiction, please call Parents and Addicts in Need at 559-579-1551 or check us out online at painnonprofit.org. Follow us on social media at Pain Nonprofit. Please subscribe to the podcast and share with others wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. To donate, please click the link in the description and help us save more lives gripped by addiction.